0: We are all in the same lifeboat. It's called Earth. And what one of us does affects everything else. That's the message of Corey Williams, the Executive Director of the Sustainability Alliance. So, let's meet her. I'm Garland McWatters, and this is the Spirit of Leading podcast, where we meet individuals who have answered the call to live empowered with character, compassion, and courage. You know, every day the news is just filled with stories about how the climate of the planet Earth is changing and that's affecting the lives of millions of people. But, you know, there's more going on than that. There's more to that than meets the eye, probably. Corey Williams has been at the forefront of efforts to help individuals and businesses be more aware of their impact on Earth's environment and how we can protect it. Corey, I want to welcome you to the Spirit of Leading podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me, Garland. I remember...
0: Uh, Watching back of what 2000 right after the presidential election back at that time Al Gore Talking about what he called the inconvenient truth You know and he had his little pitch about uh, what was going on with climate change and so forth And I think isn't that about the same time that uh, you all came you came up the idea with the sustainability project?
1: Yes, it was in uh, 2002 that we, um, uh, really, we, I went to a conference in Oklahoma City um, and wanted to help start a chapter in Tulsa of this conference. And so we started in 2002 to really bring together people around sustainability.
0: So I'm kind of a word guy. <laughs> and uh, so we've been talking about sustainability, sustainability this, sustainability that. And I just want to explore that word just a little bit. So in the context of what you do, in uh, the in the group that uh, that you represent how do you how do you talk about sustainability what does sustainability mean to you in context of your work
1: so for us sustainability is really that triple bottom line of people Profit and planet, and really, it's about people. It's quality of life, and and health, and wellness uh, of, of our communities, of the individual. The profit part is really that uh, prosperity of a community, and um, taking care of our businesses and our families. And then the planet is really being that environmental steward to help care for uh, the natural world around us. So Mm -hmm. it's really, those things need to be working together in tandem and that's what we promote is really that triple bottom line, people Profit and planet.
0: Okay, and so to sustain it means—is is it to make it better, or to keep a status quo, or to re, uh, sort of uh, fix some of the things that have gone wrong, or where do we? Where does that word fit in that in those different ideas? Sure.
1: great, great question. Uh, sustainability is ever changing, so to sustain uh, something that's ever changing, we we need we do need to be aware that things don't stay the same, and so it's really responding to what's happening right now and thinking always around that triple bottom line how do we care for our community and the families how do we take care of the environment but also that there is the reality that we do have to we have jobs and we have communities that we have to you know take care of the schools and the roads and our, our businesses so those things are not void of each other and that's what we're really trying to share is that we are working together on all three of those elements yeah, and it
0: kind of goes back to the way I introduced the program was that we're all in this together and what one does affects everyone else and I know Linda and I drive around a lot and look at the countryside, and, uh, and Linda is my wife, by the way, I just probably <laughs> ought to clarify who that is, uh, and, uh, and we enjoy uh, kind of being places that we've known our lives, you know, and being older, uh, they're different than they were, mm-hmm. you know, 25 years ago or so, and I know Linda lived in Tulsa a long time ago, and and uh, since we moved back, she said, "Boy, when I lived here before, that was not there, and this was different. And this was all farmland, and yeah, yeah, yeah." Because, mm-hmm. because as we continue to uh, grow, uh, mm-hmm. as we the population continues to increase, like it goes back to what you said a minute ago, the the definition of sustainability shifts, mm-hmm. or what it means shifts a little bit. Uh,
1: but you know, I mean, kind of going um, off that concept, it's you know as we you know as the population grows and there's need for more homes and space in, in that way there's still a way that we can think through the land that that house is on and how we protect the natural environment around that mm-hmm. and our and our families so it's it's really being thoughtful about our choices uh, in in that change
0: mhm i think maybe we're more conscious today than we were 30 or 40 years ago about what happens to the land where the development is put and uh, and I think that's really a helpful, it's a helpful sign that people are starting to think about planning those kinds of things. How far you space some homes or how, where, you, where you keep green belts and things of that nature.
1: Yeah, and, and the landscaping. I mean, we'll see, we're seeing that with our businesses that participate with our scorecard program as well as individuals really thinking about um, planning pollinator habitat, uh, in those spaces as opposed to just grass. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and why do you do that? What's the purpose of that and what value comes out of that? And it's so exciting. We'll work with companies that are saving a million dollars by really managing their resources, but they get really excited about their pollinator Mm -hmm. habitat that they just planted. So there's this sense that you're doing something to improve a space and um that ever-changing space right. um but it's you're doing the same thing you're maintaining that space but it's just doing a little differently that is better for all
0: well, that goes back to what i said just earlier about there's more to it than meets the eye because usually when we think about uh, sustaining the planet we think in large pictures you know large mm-hmm. things about you know uh, erosion and and climate change and things of that nature but it's a lot of the small things too and so uh Tell me a little bit more about how you talk to your businesses and people about that aspect of it, maybe things that they weren't even aware of that really mattered.
1: Right. I I think that's so key, Garland. I think that it is such an overwhelming um, idea and concern and you hear about even our young, young uh, people that are starting to have some stress over climate and that it's gonna affect them and is affecting them. And so I think it's important to be able to feel like you can uh, make some te- steps, feel hopeful, have the inspiration to continue forward. So, um, one of the things that is really important is to let people come into the space, come into our programs, and not thinking they have to know everything or have done everything right. You know, that we're all kind of working on this and we're coming in at different places. And, you know, what's important about that is that people feel comfortable knowing that they can come in and see what is the next thing they can do. And we help businesses with that. Um, You know, not, maybe a business comes in and they've been managing their energy pretty well, but not their water, Mm -hmm. or their diversity equity inclusion plan. Maybe there's things that is the next step for their organization, uh, or the next step for a community or home. So we're really here to provide that education, give them hope, inspire them, and connect them. It's probably my favorite thing is to make those connections. You know, we we just recently had this program, it's called Green Drinks, this week. And there was a a couple that came in, they just moved back to Tulsa, and they had some land that they're wanting to manage. And within a matter of 10 minutes, Uh, in the conversation with them I was able to go oh you're interested in pollinator habitat let me introduce you to Rick Katarsi with the Tulsa Zoo oh you're interested in landmines. it was just it was just so fabulous to be able to make those connections Mm -hmm. where they were so immediately able to go okay here's some of the steps I can do and um so that's one of my favorite parts about the sustainability alliance is helping to make those connections so that individuals companies can make those changes that they see coming they want to do but it feels overwhelming right and so we want to kind of help to take away that but not take away the importance Uh, i think it's uh, we still have to be vigilant but we have to feel inspired to move forward and not so overwhelmed that you know why does it matter
0: think that uh, you know being able to make people aware of just the little things like that that do can actually have big big differences and I think we're becoming a little more aware of that, but uh, what are some uh, some things that have, that have happened during the doing of this project that you think really helped make that point to to people that you talk to how the small things really do play out in big kind of ways and they got kind of an oh aha I didn't realize that
1: one of the things that I love about sustainability alliance or just this space is that i think that we're we continue to do the same things uh, as we live we eat we we move around we take care of we, we live somewhere so we're constantly doing the same things right it's just about doing doing that action but just slightly different and kind of just you know, looking through a slightly different lens. So for instance, um, you know, uh, we all eat. (laughs) So, uh, why not think about eating locally? And if you just shift just a little bit to start adding local foods into, uh, your, uh, daily habits or weekly habits, um, it just, the, the meaning that can come from that is that, less food miles and uh, less uh, impact on the environment maybe because of pesticides. And also you're looking at a farmer or a producer in the eyes and you know you're helping their family. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of connections are just some of my favorite. We recently launched this um, app uh, called TerraScore, which helps people look individually at their lives and and with educational information there under people, profit, and planet. And part of that is we took them to a farm. And what was so neat about it is one of the individuals that came decided to bring his whole family. And uh, his son brought his friend as well. And then later we saw them at the farmer's market. And then we later found out he was going into engineering, but now it's environmental engineering. Cause he got to see it through a slightly mm-hmm. different lens. He knows there's farmers out there. He knows that he eats, but he got to meet a farmer and he got to see the work that they do right. and the importance of that. So seeing those kind of connections is just so thrilling to see that you can help uh, offer an opportunity to see something through a slightly different lens, and then to apply it in their own life.
0: Right. Well, that's a real important uh, way to approach that because sometimes we just take we see the end product. We send the you see the result, and we're just oblivious to all of the things that went into just that result mm-hmm. that uh, that we take advantage of, whether we buy it in the supermarket or you know in the stores or wherever. And, uh, and realizing that all of those things uh, make a difference in our, uh, the quality of life in our planet and so forth. We live in our environment, and how aware are we of it is, the, is kind of my point, you know. And, and projects like yours seem to me like that educational that is to help us become more engaged and aware of and connected to the world in which we live.
1: Yeah, uh, we have a program called First Thursdays where uh, pre-pandemic it was all in person and now it's all online because we have this community across the United States and actually even across the Big Pond. Um, we have people that join us and our last uh, program was um, presented by Ann Money with uh, Oklahoma Aquarium and talking about exactly that, how what we do today, wherever we are, and affects the oceans. And so uh, if trash runs down your street or uh, pesticides run off your your lawn, they will eventually get into here in Tulsa, mm-hmm. into the Arkansas River, and eventually make its way to the ocean. And we had a gentleman on uh, that program that actually lives in the UK, and he says, we see Americans' trash on our shores all the time that wash up from the ocean. And it was just uh, really, um, sobering to to re- realize how again how close we are as a community and how we affect each other and with just the little actions we do so I think that's important because I think we can feel overwhelmed by that in our homes or our businesses but it really does make a difference making those choices and uh, you know uh, the other you were asking about where I've seen these things played out uh, you know one of the things that I love seeing with our scorecard program with businesses where we've offered them opportunities to kind of look at different ways that they can uh, see their space and organize around the triple bottom line and we'll we'll see companies that'll save money reduce their waste and their impact and uh continue to build on that and that's the kind of stuff that we love being able to offer that i mean it's it's one thing to believe it and and to see its value but then to be able to offer it and it creates value for someone else is is pretty darn meaningful
0: so tell me about the Scorecard program. What's on it? Uh, what's been the success with it and how has it evolved over the time that you've been using it?
1: Uh, yeah, we um, initiated the pilot in 2015. So we've been uh, providing this uh, the program uh, in full since 2016. And we have businesses that are small and large. We have uh, agencies, tribal governments, and nonprofits. And it's really quite a diverse group of companies and agencies that participate. And what we offer them is a portal that organizes around their sustainability strategy or help them develop that. And there's 54 directives or items that they can respond to, 80. 80- 86 KPIs, key performance indicators where they can track their energy, water use, volunteer participation, whatever that piece of their uh, project is. And uh, we help and we verify that for them and we offer them education and all kinds of support around that. And, and we even train local or or. or international uh coaches to help match them with those companies to help along this journey because we know that is it's a as we mentioned earlier it's it's ever changing and so uh and we have this you know reviewed every year to make sure we're on track with the world nationally globally um where companies and where the community is going around that triple bottom line a people, profit, and planet. So some of the value we've seen is one, helping those teams get started, connecting teams. We've even helped people connect within their own company that they didn't know each other, but realized that they were interested in sustainability or a part of that plan. Uh, one of our companies, uh, because of the questions we asked and, and the content they were uh, curating together is they met different um, uh, employees along the way that they were able to then do other projects with them down the line after they fulfilled their uh, scorecard uh, expectations. So we, we see that happening all the time. And since the inception of the program, our companies have collectively saved, you know, $10 million on on the activities within the scorecard, mm-hmm. doing sustainable activities. And, uh, and there's, uh, you know, planting pollinator habit- habitat, but also maintaining. You can start something, but can you maintain right. it? And I think that's another thing we do track, uh, is to make sure that there is this sense that once you start something, you're obligated, or you should be maintaining it if right. it has that value.
0: Right. On the scorecard itself, uh, uh, I know that uh, you, you mentioned all these indicators and so forth. How'd you, how, how did those evolve? I mean, where did you start with that?
1: Well, it's, it's really kind of uh, funny. We had Um, one of our members said, Hey, could you all manage a energy uh, competition for us? And we thought, well, yeah, of course we're going to, we're going to do that for you. And we started to dig into it. It's like, well, we really actually need a way to kind of collect that data and understand the data a little better. And we never did the competition specifically, (laughs) but what we did is we developed the scorecard. Mm -hmm. And so we started investigating different types of uh, programs like that across the United States. And and then um, we just asked our members that are committed to the, this work personally, professionally, to come in with their professional guidance to help us develop the scorecard. And and so we did. We um, worked with experts in water and energy and transportation, mm. and they helped to develop those components. And then we, of course, get it reviewed every year to make sure we're still wow. on track. And yeah. uh, it was really a humbling uh, to see so many people committed, we'd meet every two weeks, and we would hash over and have fun and agree and disagree. I think one of my favorite items was composting. We thought we should definitely put composting in here, and we had a long-winded example or ask of that, and we finally just went with start composting. <laughs> you know, it was like just get started, and so um, it was just uh, it was just a, a fun process, and um, and to um, and then. Again, to offer it out there and see the value right. that it's creating. So, But
0: a lot of things get done when people just get together and talk about it. Most and definitely. what's your idea and what's your experience and how would that work for you and what would you have done differently and that kind of thing. And so it sounds like you have a lot of those kinds of conversations.
1: We do. And one of my favorite conversations that I've had uh, since uh, since we began is we had a Rotary Club, the Tulsa Uh, Rotary Club, Southside Tulsa, Rotary Club, come to us and say, we want to partner with you. And uh, in that discussion, there was uh, some that were like, I don't know if we want to partner with these people. (laughs) And then there was others like, no, we do. And then what I learned from that process is we were not going to agree on everything, Mm -hmm. but we definitely could find things that we do and then working from that outwardly. Mm -hmm. And we did. We found uh, where we saw value in celebrating sustainability Finding those uh, leaders across our state, and it was a thrilling project. And mm-hmm. we are conti- we've continued on with uh, with that project called the Bellman Awards. And now it's part of our Scorecard program. Right. So, I, you know what I learned from that was that you are definitely not going to agree with everybody on everything, and that's not the really the goal. The goal is what do you agree on, and what value can you create for the individuals in your community, and helping to protect that environment and and not taking away and scaring people, but adding to a community. And so I, I, that was just such a good process to, to not be offended by what the questions were, but also um, the genuine exchange to finally come to that uh, realization what we were gonna do together.
0: Right, well it can't become personal. It has to all be about the process or about the goal, the goal, that kind of thing. And realize that people do have different ideas about things and different experiences and different concerns, and so you just work with that.
1: And then that's where you grow. I mean, that's the thing if you know it, you know you've heard that if you you know marry yourself, how boring that might be. you know <laughs> it's like uh, you know, you want to be around different people. You want you that's where the growth happens is when you have diverse ideas and approaches to things. Um, uh, and so I mean, that's a big part of what we learned. and and they helped us really make that connection with the business community right. that we hadn't really tapped into yet. And that's where you know, we were able to develop the scorecard program. Because we had some connections, so mm-hmm. those kind of relationships um, are. It's important to to be able to receive that and to be able to to see what kind of what you can offer in exchange and where you can grow from that.
0: Uh, great, uh, great lesson, great leadership lesson in there, you know, especially in a, in a time like we're in now, where there seems to be so much division over maybe some big things and some small things. But sometimes people just seem to want to be against each other for some reason which i can't personally figure out but uh but but there's there are agendas there and then the real issues the real important things get lost in the personal agendas somewhere and when we can get past that personal agenda and talk about well we're all in this together and let's find a way to work together and figure this out and see what we need to do to make a better a better community a better business you know better homes and so forth then maybe uh we can we can move quicker down the road together. Right. In that way,
1: and and I don't. It, it doesn't really affect me if we have a goal. What someone's agenda is coming in. You know, we recently have been addressing the why of our organization, mm-hmm. really reviewing that. And um, uh, mine is very simple. And but it's been interesting to hear the why of certain companies want to participate with us or certain Mm. um, why individuals have joined our board or organization. And um, it's okay for it to be pretty diverse uh, as long as we're working together on the ultimate end goal. And uh, I just I love it. I love to hear what motivates and why it's important. And um, I don't even care if it's money, (laughs) you know, it's like if that's the and they see the value. Of the triple bottom line, I, that's really good to know. It's right. good to know there's that business case for sure. it.
0: Sure. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's important to notice too. No, too is that that in uh, in kind of a world uh, view that we have in our country with a free economy and that kind of thing, that people do see opportunity in making things better. They see a way that they can mm-hmm. benefit from that financially or otherwise. But if the end goal is something that comes out better. You know it's, what we used to say years ago invent a better mousetrap and the world will rush to your door or something like that <laughs> well there's a lot of better mousetraps going on around and uh, people say well we could do this better or we can do this cheaper or we can have a better influence on, on our result on our climate and everything else and they figure out ways
1: you know i mean part of sustainability is creativity and innovation uh, we constantly needing to look at how do we accomplish maybe the same thing, but in a better way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our, the, as I mentioned earlier that we were talking about the oceans and the health of our oceans and someone asked, you know, it was, it was about like all the plastics out there. And someone was asking, is there something that, you know, uh, what are some of the efforts to pull that trash out of the ocean? And someone else offered, you know, there's, there's, pro, there's um, uh, innovation to to do that as well as creating energy at the same time so mm-hmm. a multi-purpose um, innovation so I you know those are the kind of things that we just constantly need to be thinking about uh, that how do we layer this in a way there's benefits all around
0: right well I, I know in in the business work that I've done in the past we we say things like well all solutions breed new problems mm-hmm. but all problems also breed new solutions <laughs> so there's kind of a cycle there isn't there that right. we have an opportunity to work with. i want to sort of go back to an earlier question that i asked you talked about going to a conference mm-hmm. and coming back with this idea of sustainability and how it developed from there but i'm quite i'm i'm wondering why did you go to the conference what was the trigger that got kind of got you in this space where you knew you wanted to do this sure um
1: well i, I studied sustainability in in college and kind of right at the beginning of that word kind of starting to surface. And uh, there was a conference, the Oklahoma Sustainability Network Conference. And I think they were intended to get 30 people, 100 people showed up. And part of that uh, conference is everybody went around the room to say why they were there. And it was so fascinating to hear why it was important to each person in that room. And um, actually I continued on that introduction in our first Thursday program for years until it got too big and mm-hmm. <laughs> it would take the whole program. Um, so um, that, uh, so I was drawn to it from that vantage point. Right. And, um, and then a chance to be able to um, offer back ideas and solutions back to the community where how to connect people they're interested in local foods they're interested in solar or whatever that was that where they were drawn to and and connect people around that we started a, a green directory and we put over 700 entities in that to kind of draw you know to to respond to why people were interested and to to curate and pull all that information together mm-hmm. so um the reason i was drawn to it is because it was on my mind that it was so important and i you know i came out of kind of more the environmental stewardship direction and but my first real job was actually to help people. <laughs> it mm-hmm. was I wanted to learn about the nonprofit world, but also about the people component of this. And uh, was I worked for the Tulsa Community Food Bank, and it was such a good lesson to see how uh, it's not just about the environment; it is about how we interact with the environment and how right. we take care of our families. Right. So, the inspiration was uh, that I knew that I wanted to understand more the scope of all this, and it right. can't just be in the lane of environmental stewardship. Right.
0: Yeah. Did th- th- did that go back into your childhood or your teenage years mm-hmm. or something when do you kind of got that bug?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, my dad would take us camping all over California. He was an avid bird watcher or he is. And, um, and so I went birding with him, uh, very young and I couldn't keep up with him all the time. So his friend Also had some books on uh, flower identification, which was definitely more my speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was hard to catch the little brown bird moving around. So um, I just fell in love with nature, you know. And my sister recently... Uh, teased me that, you know, I'd come back from these hikes with l- little, you know, bundles of rocks and say, look how beautiful this rock is. And she's, you know, she was laying there on, the, uh, you know, in the tent reading a book. And I was like, come back with these bundles of rocks. So I, at an early age, I was just in love with nature mm-hmm. and um, inspired by it. And and then here in Tulsa, you know, we uh, gardened a lot. Uh, my mom was uh, big into that and my stepdad. And, and uh, we were uh, first adopters to probably some of the recycling program here in Tulsa, and, and also very big on community. And so I, I feel like I was really lucky to have parents that invest in those things. And I was able to um, take those for and, and put them together for how they worked for me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I was recently reminded, uh, you know, back when I was younger, you'd always get these little books that are like to-do lists. They're little books that you'd write down your to-do list. I remember opening one. Uh, I was pretty young, and on my to-do list it says, "Do something." <laughs> do something. Well, <laughs> see, that's all I starts, could on right? my do-to-do. Absolutely,
0: something. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: I've been doing something for a very long time. <laughs> that's awesome.
0: Well, that's a great lesson because you know a lot of people just don't really ever do anything, and. Uh, uh, and if you go out and start doing something, then something else comes up and then something else comes up and then you get, and you meet this person and you all do something together and then it just goes from there, you know, it just totally. keeps spiraling. <laughs> there is always something to do. I love that. Do, I'm going to go back and write that down on my to-do list today. <laughs> do something. <laughs>
1: Big influence, that I think, is really important. Was a science teacher, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I do want to share this. I, I think she probably had one of, a more profound imp- impact on me in regards to the magic and possibilities. And uh, the whole class was to watch cookies bake in a solar oven. Mm. So we weren't in the classroom; we were running around, you know, the uh, playground but the only thing we had to do was to come stare at the cookies every once in a while and see how the sun was baking them. Mm -hmm. And I just remember how magical that was to me as a kid. And I have since made a lot of solar ovens and baked a lot of cookies. And I really credit her for presenting something different, Mm -hmm. something that, again, it's that lens doing the very same thing, baking something, baking cookies, but doing it a little differently. And how creative that is and how less of an impact it was right. and that she also didn't worry that we weren't sitting in rows and writing down you know the sun's trajectory we were we were basically running right. around and looking at cookies bake so it happen? Yeah, I just think it's it's uh, important to to be curious and to um, be inspired.
0: Mhm. There's a lot more going on than meets the eye, I'll say that again, (laughs) and uh, if you just know how to look and pay attention, you'll start recognizing that. Uh, Before we get away from our program today, I want to ask you about just some of the things that happened along the way in in your journey over the last 20 years uh, with this project. I know it probably wasn't always, you get up someday and say, why am I doing this, Mm -hmm. or Am I going to be able to pull this off, or whatever? What are some of the challenges that you remember facing that you really had to dig deep and and find a way through?
1: Yeah, um, it definitely uh, has been a a passion of mine, and uh, you know, it, nonprofit work or this kind of work, there's never enough time. There's uh, and it's it's kind of like children; you never could give your children enough, uh, and there's always more you can do. So. That, that sense of that and how to balance that, um, where you know to uh, with family and and things like that. So really, the challenge is making sure I balance that with my family. And I'm very lucky that uh, my partner of 25, almost 25 years uh, coming up, uh, uh, was so supportive. My husband uh, Ski Raskin, he was so uh, has been so great to support me along this journey. And so. Uh, and other family members. So I, I think that's an important element um, that the ch- you were talking about challenges and I'm talking about you know, how I was able to get through those is, is uh, just having that support network and believing in me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and also just uh, the challenges that we might have faced with um, uh, connecting with different parts of our community. And it's just the board members and the staff that we've had. It's been humbling that people wanna take their volunteer time to, to help us right. move forward or people decide this is where they want to work and it's meaningful work. It's, it's always humbling to me, uh, that, but, um, you're asking me about challenges. Uh, and there's always challenges. I guess it's just, you know, figuring out how to move forward from that. Uh, you know, there's always, if you had a little more money, you could do a little more of this, a little more people, you could have more impact. So the challenge is always trying to get to where you can have a bigger impact. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I know I'm not giving you any big, <laughs> big moments, um, but it, I, I don't know. Well, yeah. they
0: kind of, they kind of add up, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, if you, if you're always trying to overcome the next challenge, sometimes you feel like I'm just wearing myself out here. I'm burning mm-hmm. out. And uh, how do I keep going? You know, how do I get past this one and now deal with the next one and so mm-hmm. forth. And so it's not like any one of them is really huge. Mm-hmm. It's just that, uh, you know, of course, that's, I'm not talking about myself a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's not that any one of them is a little huge, but at some point you begin to wonder, well, does anybody care about this besides mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. And why don't they care the way I care? That kind of thing, you know. And I right. don't know, if I am maybe putting words in your mouth, but uh, I know I've heard other people talk about their work mm-hmm. that way, that they're really into it and they're wondering does anybody else really care besides me?
1: well I definitely know other people care yeah uh, so that's a big motivation and when I can help make connections for other people to to grow in the area that they care about or to improve and I mean there's not much more that's better than that right. so uh, I definitely don't feel like I'm doing this in a vacuum that's for well, sure that's, that's encouraging <laughs> to hear that that's wonderful to hear okay. that
0: and that kind of co- goes to the next question. That that feeds off of that one is well. What about you? I mean, how are you different today Mm. than you were when you began this project back in your younger days, uh, like 20 years ago? You say, and sure, it's affect. I'm surely there's ways that you've been affected that uh, you think now uh, you're a better person, a different person in some way. How would you? What would you say about that?
1: Yeah, Um, probably more practical. You know, it's like when you're. Younger, you, you know, often think there's one or two ways to accomplish something. And, uh, over time you realize, oh, there's multiple ways, multiple people that play a role in this. And I, I realize I'm a pretty patient, impatient person, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, uh, patient in the sense of the long game, but impatient in the sense of today, yeah. <laughs> um, for better or for worse. Wow. Uh, so, uh, I think that, um, had to kind of, uh, balance that, figure out how to manage that Right. Uh, sense of urgency, but also, um, not to lose focus. And uh, I would say, how am I different? I would say that, that, um, really just understanding some more practical approaches and all the players that are important to a conversation. I think when you're younger, you, you go with, this is the right way to do things. And then over time, you realize, you know, we need a little more people at the table to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. So Maybe that's the biggest thing. I've become right. a little more practical about setting the table.
0: Well, well, that's a great uh, that's great advice, and it also sounds like good advice to anyone who is really trying to build a project. Mm-hmm. That uh, maybe it's something you've learned about leading, in a sense, is getting more people at the table.
1: Yeah, and it, it's again that push pull of urgency but patience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've nailed it. Let's just be clear. <laughs> <laughs> well. um, but I recognize it's important, and and I am an. I, the other thing is. I realize, through time, I'm an optimist mm-hmm. for sure. And that optimism helps move me forward. I think that is part of it. I think if if you're not, it can be very depleting. Even if you are, it can be really depleting work, especially if you feel like you're never done. So it's being able to celebrate those small successes. I think I didn't realize that maybe about myself no. when I was younger, that that was something that I do and how that helps me continue to do the work and to be surrounded by people that want you to, you know, um, be successful and also balance it in a way that's healthy. So I think this kind of work, be it for, for kids, for hunger, for poverty, for the environment, it's you're never done. And so it's it's pacing yourself in such a way that you can make a difference without, you know, killing yourself over right. it, um, because then you're not here to do that work. So uh, it's it's a it's a dance.
0: Well, I can certainly appreciate that, uh, that, uh, you know, your story about how you've done that. Uh, I th- and I think uh, I, I would say I'm right now with myself because I was thinking about your project. I said, here's an empowered person, but now I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing you talk about what oh. your project has been because you know, and the, the way I talk about that is empowered people uh, look at things that need to be done and say, okay, I think I'll take that on. Mm. And uh, they find their purpose in that. And somebody says, well, I don't know what a purpose in life is. I said, well, get busy and you'll find it. It'll show mm-hmm. up. Just mm-hmm. do something. Put that on your to-do list. Do, <laughs> do something. something. <laughs> and, and something's going to show up. It's going to surprise you and probably delight you and mm-hmm. make something, make you feel like you're really doing something special in life. Oh, I probably should ask the obvious question. You change the name. What's next? Oh, where are you going that? with that?
1: Sure. So one of the reasons we changed the name is because of our scorecard program, our business right. program, and just organic growth, where some of our members said, well, I'd like to take this to another site outside of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but it says Sustainable Tulsa. Tulsa, yeah. So, um, so we said, okay. And we kept hearing that, and we said, okay. Uh, and then also, we wanted to make sure that we were connecting across the state, and so uh, what we did is, that's the one of the reasons we changed the name, is really kind of meet what was already happening mm-hmm. and to be able to allow that to grow. So since that time, some of those members have added second sites. Uh, in our scorecard program, we're in another, we, we've offered it in another state, and we're looking at another state to, to offer it in other meaningful ways. So that was one of the big emphasis. And also, uh, because we really are wanting to bring people together, and that's the alliance piece of that. So. Uh, where we're going next is definitely growing that scorecard program where it adds value. Uh, we've just launched this app that can be used anywhere. And um, we really want to help communities find those pieces that help motivate their, their um Individuals, their companies, to move forward and give them those resources. So, what's next is um, continuing to do what we're doing, but in a in a bigger scale.
0: Wonderful. Well, listen, I've, my congratulations on the success you've enjoyed, and and uh, go get them. <laughs> <You> know, <so laughs> I'm going to do something. I, go do something, <laughs> and uh, and I I think it's real yeah. inspirational to see how that's starting to really pay off, and the, and it's growing, and uh, it, that uh, it's going to have a great impact, you know, down the road for a lot of other people who really. Uh, will find your your work inspiring and also very practical and that mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, they want to be a part of it as well. So thanks so much for being a part of the Spirit of Leading podcast
1: today. Thank you so much, Carlin. It's been a pleasure.
0: And my pleasure. I also want to thank uh, the Ross Group, of construction company, for providing the space for us to record this today. And uh, it's through people like that that sometimes I get out in the community and uh, we don't have a place kind of to meet, and I usually uh, can find someone like Ross Construction or someone else say, hey, come do it in our place. We'd love to host you. So our appreciation to them for helping us make this uh, podcast possible today. Well, that's Corey Williams, the Executive Director of the Sustainability Alliance, who is uh, leading the quest to inspire us toward habits that are gonna protect our environment so that we can survive and thrive and all live together on this wonderful planet Earth. Well, that's it for this installment of the spirit of leading and i want to thank you for listening i also encourage you to recognize and appreciate anyone who demonstrates the spirit of leading at work and in the community join us on the empowered way by subscribing i'll send you an interactive ebook the seven tenets of living empowered you can keep up with my latest podcast or latest audio post in my weekly empowering thoughts series it's all free all free just for the asking please share this podcast with your friends and the people that uh, you know and meet and your colleagues at work every day. So until next time, I urge you to live empowered each and every day and unleash your creative energy as you enliven your heart, enlighten your mind, encourage your spirit, and enlarge your expectations of living and also the expectations of living in others. And let everyone see the spirit of leading in you. I'm Garland McWatters.